this way. Fullness. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Josh Dipple from Integrating Presence today here with Tim Bowie. Tim, what's going on today? Josh, thank you for having me uh, in your space, on your show. Um, what's going on today? Well, uh, it's been a really good day, I would say, so thanks for asking. Uh, I just, I, I was sharing with you on d- direct message that on the 11th, I had an awakening experience. So that's still very new. I feel like a like a baby in a lot of ways now. So yeah, we can dig into that or many well, other Yes, things. I definitely <laughs> want to get right into that. But before we do, who is Tim Bowie and what does he do? Oh, yeah, let's let's get into that. So um, the best way I can answer this right now, what do I do, I guess, is, is a proverbial question people are always so interested in is uh, I do coaching. Um, it's particularly flow state coaching. So it's just like, how do we increase like somebody's potency of who they are based on their characteristics, based on their nature, based on these aspects of themselves that they've been experiencing their whole life. And a lot of times people, when they're raised, they're not, they don't get good mirroring. So like they don't understand and fully and wholly accept their strengths and their weaknesses and all these things. And like weakness is not in a bad way, but it's like to embrace them because they're also, when you embrace them, become your power, your strength, because you walk with it and it's different. Nobody can like, you know, target that and, and take anything away from you because you've already embraced it. So like there's that whole fundamental aspect of just um, wholly embracing yourself. And I think when that happens, a natural flow with how we interact with the world around us and ourselves starts to come to form and there's less sort of friction in life. Um, And then beyond that, it's just like, how do we increase the potency and the things that you're doing in your life, whether that's business, whether that's the relationships that you're in and things like that. And so I uh, use like neurolinguistic programming techniques and many other different meditative te- type of techniques, breath work and things like that to really go deep. And maybe sometimes we will like remove a lot of, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff is like removing, removing beliefs, removing things that you think that you should do because of the feedback that you got, or like maybe like healing wounds and things like that. Because I think personally that the only thing that really drives us before we awaken is is our wounds. And so like, Unless, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, I would I would tend that. to agree that you know, in, in traditional Buddhist language, I came through the dukkha door. You know, with our the wounds is a really good way to put it too. That it was this kind of catalyst for awakening, this drive, this momentum, this impetus to 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 seek something out because it was in such a bad state and not knowing how to mend wounds and things like that. It's very well put. So yeah, and it's a very American question too, right? Like, what do you do? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, Americans get right into that right away, and in other parts of the world, it's not that important or whatever. But <laughs> so, so let's just jump. In the, I love this notion of potency you talk about too, um, because oh, I don't know why, but it just really resonates with me. Uh, potency because. There's so much watered downness. I don't know. That's not a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really yeah. is. So, uh, and we're just flooded by information as well. So, to tuning into our potency, I think, is really cool. So, if you want to pick up on that, and then you can Absolutely. just hop right into your recent uh, awakening experience. I'd, I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, of course. I'd love to share. So, with potency, it comes from this idea that. So there's two types of meditation in general. I think like when we talk about in the meta of, of, of all meditation, it's either you're on this side and you're, you have this single point of focus and there's a subject and object and you're subjectively objectifying everything. And it's just like very intensely focused. And then you have this other aspect where it's the opposite, where it's just 
you become wide open like the sky, able to hold everything. And in this one, the experience and how I relate that to potency is if you drop some food coloring into a glass of water, eventually that glass of water will turn red. If you drop that red food coloring into the ocean, it will just dilute itself and dissipate until it becomes nothing. And in the process of meditation, what you see is that your thoughts, they sit on this thing and they become nothing. And then the opposite side of that is like when you're not in meditation, well, you have like this embodied experience of what's happening, the experiences. And it's actually happening in my experience the opposite way. Like we're we're in a container and so there's food coloring. And so it's like, how about we move remove all the impurities that prevent that food coloring from being completely red? And so it's just a process of removal, like I said, to create that potency. Because there's all these things, if you want to be red, that prevent it from being red. It's murky, it's brown for some reason. When you mix a bunch of food coloring in, it just turns brown, right? Until you add so much in that it's just black. So that's just the idea of potency. And, and I think like in a very metaphysical sense, but we have very pragmatic techniques to get to the practicalities of things. It reminds me of distilling too, uh, when something is distilled, right? Yeah. 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 So all right, in, in, a, in a roundabout way, I guess, but all right. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good metaphor, good visual. I like it. Now, now what about this awakening thing that you're <laughs> telling me about? <laughs> so um, the best way I could describe it as uh, this analogy came to me this morning, is on Christmas Day, you have a beautifully wrapped gift and uh, somebody's put a bow on it. And that bow is representative of the self. It's beautiful. Like there was effort put into it. There's intricate details. It's not just like a, you know, like a shoe knot bow. It's like a whole, you know, um, almost like woven and weaving like thing where it's like this beautiful, like almost flower, right? And... I think in a lot of ways, the self is like that, where we decorate it with, you know, like, like how we would decorate our space. You've got like this nice little Asian wall divider thing, these pictures, right? And so it's like you have this, this uh, aspect of aesthetics and beauty, right? And in my experience of awakening, it was like, it, w- it felt like metaphorically somebody just pulled on that ribbon and then the bow became no more. And so that 3D bow, it just had nothing to sit on. And so it just became ribbon. And then that ribbon, if you just let it on the floor, just and then, and then if you just didn't have a ground for it, it would just continue to do this. And so my experience of, of life now, I would say is more like, I don't know if you see those like Instagram commercials or like YouTube commercials of like those Misen pans or those nonstick pans and they've got those like the egg on it and it's like flipping around and it's just like barely on there. I feel like my experience with like rigidity or or motions, it kind of has that sort of nonstick feel or it's like I can feel it, but it just doesn't stay on me. It just kind of just it's just nonstick. So <laughs> that's my direct experience of of life right now. And it's still unfolding. There's a lot happening. It's only been, oh, it's 11-11. It's only been, a f- you know, a couple days. And so I'm really just getting used to it. Um, I could talk to you about the realization that I had. I could talk to you about the process of it. I could talk to you about the history of it, of, of my cultivation. So there's lots of ways we could go about this. But just to answer your question very directly, I think 
that is my experience of the awakening in a very metaphorical way. Oh, very cool. Yes. It, it reminds me like um, water off a duck's back. Uh, the yeah. Teflon yeah. thing is nice. That's like, yeah, it, it's there, but it, it's not uh, experience isn't as sticky and effective. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, what else, what else would you talk about that as far as process or did it come in an experience? Was it more gradual? Was it a sudden thing as you know, um, uh, what else? Is there anything uh, else to say? Yeah. So I had my first transcendental experience when I was 12 or so. And Something in me was like just curious about meditation. I think I was listening to like Bruce Lipton on PBS at the time. And I was like, oh, the mind is so cool. And he talks a little bit about meditation and stuff. He's really like the uh, primordial Joe Dispenza. <laughs> you know, he's been around for a while. And, and, and they use a lot of the same language and concepts. And so I was very interested and I didn't know how to do it. So I just went to Google and it just said how to meditate. And then I found this Zazen meditation. And it was just like, well, you just breathe in and out through your nose and you count. And I did that not for too long. And I started noticing like this evenness between how much my breath went in and how much my breath went out. And like it started to reduce as like the mental activity started to reduce. And it came to this point where it was like just a little bit in and a little bit out. It wasn't like these full breaths. It was just like a little bit. And I just like, and then eventually it just went to this point where it was equal, where like just a little bit was going out and just a little bit was going in and my mind became like still and I almost felt like I was not breathing from this point on I probably was and so um I had this experience where I just totally you know stepped outside of my 3d body my mind and I was just in this realm of blackness like the void you know just like nothingness yet at the same time while there's nothingness I had all these thoughts of like you know, I had these deep thoughts about life. I was kind of depressed when I was when I was twelve, uh, as people tend to be when they're into meditation at such a young age. And so I had all these thoughts about life and and why I'm here. And like as soon as I asked, like there was just like clarity about it. It wasn't even like an answer. It was just like as soon as like it's just like that drop in the ocean where it's like it was just completely diluted, and it was like the question was put to rest. There was no need to answer that question, and I just sat in this space for what felt like you know, 15 minutes. And it was, I remember that it was like four o'clock or so in the day. And when I got up, it was dark. It was nighttime. So it had been in the space for like three hours and I was completely mind blown. And, uh, you know, it was a very traumatic experience too, because I didn't have any language to describe it. Anybody I talked to about it. Um, and, uh, it's a transcendental experience. I mean, like, how do you go back to real life after that? Um, and so the reason why I bring this up is because I feel like from that point and today I'm 35, I always like have my eyes like a little bit open, you know, like I saw the other side of the veil, but I didn't, I wasn't fully there, you know, and there's this, this sort of friction about like, oh, but I want to get there. And it's like this friction about like, oh, I shouldn't be dealing with these tough emotions. Like I've already experienced like these are just nothing or whatever. And uh, ultimately on the 11th, what happened was... <clears throat> I had been for about, I committed, you know, I had some things in my life that would catalyze this, but I, I committed to basically 10 days of just full immersion of just everything I'm doing is for the intention of depth, of processing my wounds, of dealing with um, like embodied energy. I had like a lot of, you know, to keep this conversation very short, like repressed sexual energy 
um, because of like shame, humiliation, guilt, and, you know, cultural conditionings, I think as well. And I think there was a lot of, we'll say like, uh, generational trauma within, within me that was embodied within my, my, my body. And I hadn't recognized that. And every day the process of like, just feeling into it. And one funny thing I'll say is I, for a lot of my life, I've always been into sacrifice and transmutation. So every move I'd make, you know, whether starting a new business or leaving, uh, leaving the city that I, I grew up in, I would find the thing that was most valuable to me and I would just sell it, get rid of it so that I could open up that space. And so <clears throat> in this, I was realizing like, I've been holding on to this for so long. Let me transmute this. And I was like, let me put it into this space of safety and groundedness and and all this. And then, and then I came to the realization of about like 10 minutes of doing this as the energy was releasing. I was like, when, a, when an ice cube melts, it turns into water. And then if you leave it long enough, it turns into gas on its own. Like nobody has to do anything. It doesn't have to. What I'm doing is I'm just putting layers on top of stuff, right? And it's just like, these layers are just capturing it again in, in another way, in a different form in my body or whatever. So I was like, what I need to do is liberate this. I need to liberate this to do whatever it wants to do whatever it's meant to do give it back because it doesn't belong to me and allow the the laws of nature of the universe to just govern where it needs to go because it's not my job to tell it or do anything with it and then when does that happen I notice these waves of energy come through my body and it was like just very like powerful waves and i was like oh what are we gonna do with this how long are we gonna be here for i was like i'm gonna commit to 30 minutes i don't care what happens in the space of this 30 minutes, let's just let this ride. And so I was just like having these visions and seeing um, like when I was bullied as a little kid, because when I was like six or seven, I had a surgery. And um, because of the surgery, I was in the hospital for a month. And I think it took a lot of my vital energy. So I became like throughout the years, like two years smaller than my peers. You know, like when there, I was in eighth grade, I looked like a sixth grader or something like that. So I got bullied a lot. But I didn't really talk to anybody about it. I just made a decision. I'm just going to keep this inside. And, you know, that there's just all this repressed stuff that came up. And so in my visions, I was just re-experiencing these and reprocessing. And I think that whole 10-day period was just about processing all these things that were in my body. Because I processed them in my mind already, like with uh, beliefs that were installed and things like that. But there's like a somatic experience of this energy being somewhere. And I just, through the meditation, when I come to these points of, 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 of depth and clarity, I just can feel it like in my body as experiences the self, you know, this filter, how I experience things. And I was just letting all that go. And then I realized that the, when we talk about wounds, the deepest wound that we have is the experience that we have a self. So that is a wound because that activates everything else. And once I noticed that, I just saw that, wow, like that just undid the knot. Like where we have these neural networks of experience where it's like, Oh, I'm moving my arm and I feel this and oh, I'm doing martial arts and I feel this and oh, I'm talking to somebody or making love and I feel these things. And, but you're just activating different layers of the default mode network of your experience, your nervous system and what's going on with your heart rate and all these things. They're just all interlinked. And as soon as they're interlinked, they go. And then they're because they're uh, because there's such a pattern of them existing, then it's just like, oh, this is this is what's happening. And so you have the neural network and then you have your experience of the neural network and then this creates this self and then it, there's just like, it's almost seamless but then when you meditate there's a little space in between and the more space you create that it's like oh this is a neural network 
And this is uh, the happening that happens at the same time. There's no longer like, oh, this is me. This is me. I'm uh, strutting around or this is me shopping at the grocery store, you know, whatever. So that was my experience of, of uh, a short, very, very short version of, of the, the, the awakening. It's beautiful. Uh, and it goes back to what you said at the beginning about a lot of it is like discarding instead of adding on to it. And then once we kind of get out of the way, like you're saying too, the um, these these natural processes can just take their course um, a lot easier. I feel like the, the the water metaphor, and yeah, this whole notion of self, I'm fascinated by it. And I I ask a lot of people that I interview and people that are really into spirituality about self, and you know what you're saying. That's been my experience. I can. Uh, see it more as like a series of interlinked processes you know that arise and fall due to causes and conditions that's one perception of, of seeing these things and yeah. in seeing the separation of how the body you know i'm not the body and not the not the the feelings or the perception or the the you know the thoughts or the consciousness even that that all these things can be sussed out and examined and they're they're not what we think they are they're not like locked into place and for me it's like when we form an identity around these things of this is who i am you know this is me and this i'm made of this and this is the way it is and it's it's this is it you know uh it, it's a setup for disappointment and suffering a lot of times, you know, stress. Exactly. But it's, it, at the same time, you know, we can still be who we are, whatever that is, you know, and not have to be, you know, completely spaced out psychonauts all the time either. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so, um, yeah, uh, if you have more insights on that, I also want to ask you about, um, you, you mentioned martial arts, and I would be curious about hearing kind of if you have a formal meditation background too, and then if you were just during these 10 days, did you just go into a solo retreat or how did you do it? So I think I put enough on your plate there. Yeah, three <laughs> questions. So first one, well, we answer the, the third one first because it's a fast one. I was just by myself. I just, I had a I was in Mexico and I came back and I came back with this fierce fever and I had um, experienced like cold sweats I've never experienced before. I experienced uh, pins and needles sensations that grew all, like through all, all my limbs. I thought I had autoimmune issue. I had head pressure. I was dizzy. I didn't have my sense of balance. I had this crazy itchiness all over my body, but no rash, no hives. So once I healed from all that, like I was just going through like, you know, when you're in a fever, like all these things are burning off of you. And I had like this, this lust and all these other like things that were just in there, you know, like that I hadn't experienced. And then I was like, oh, this is pointing to some, some, some deeper things that I need to take care of. So um, after that, that whole illness went away, I was like, let me just commit to 10 days at home. And so I, I basically ate because I didn't want to spend, I love cooking, but I didn't want to spend too much time doing anything else. And I just wanted to be able to encapsulate like, oh, let me see the mailman. Like this is part of this experience, you know, I'm, I'm immersing everything into it. And what I saw was that um, if I could spend less time cooking and doing these mundane things and like kind of activating those, those traditional things. So I just ate bread, you know, and olive butter with a little honey on it. That was my, that was my thing. Uh, I guess I was unintentionally vegetarian. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that answered that question. Now with martial arts, um, since I was seven, I've been training and I still train to this day. So I 
do consider myself a martial arts master. I've trained in many, many, many different types of martial arts from the east to the west, and I'm very proficient. I'm good with knives and weapons and guns and flipping people and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that, I think that answers that question. And then I think that there's the second half of that question was, do I have a formal practice? I um, For th- about four years, I studied with a Buddhist master as well. And I was pretty much on the hook 24-7. So like anytime I received a message or anything or teaching, it's always a teaching, I call it, we call it a message, but it's like, something is coming up and you know he's asking he's showing us something or whatever we have to respond right away and um so there's that and then he he's he's a vajrayana practitioner so you know he he taught a lot of things i was not prepared to learn you know like oh what do you do if you're looking to reincarnate after you die like you know just things like that like how do you be a bodhisattva like i'm not even you know at that point i'm just just this discover the earth guy over here just doing terrible things and just totally non-virtuous and um and so he he really straightened me out i was a before that i was a i was a heathen i was the worst of the worst uh long story about that we're not going to talk about it or not in this space right now but um he taught me how to meditate he taught me he gave me a really good analogy he just gave me logic like this new neural network of of karma, of virtue, of dharma, and like to process and distill all this in this neural network to understand the way of being, the way of being kind and why that makes sense, how that makes sense. So like installing this as like the first principle, the foundation, so that everything from that is just like the fruitioning of, of, of this logic, of this base of like how it makes so much sense. And like nothing else makes sense to me now. It doesn't make sense to be jealous. It doesn't make sense to you know, like steal from people. Like it just isn't like, you know, like because I took care of this root foundation that he gave me. And so I had that. And, you know, I had experiences with empowerments received from the Dalai Lama and various other Buddhist masters as well. So, you know, there's this tantric aspect that I received during this time as well. And um, I think I've had, med- you saw uh, Insight Timer. I used Insight Timer since I was very young. Maybe I was like 14 or something. It was one of the, I used it every day, listening to Tara Brock and all these other people that and learn meta and vipassana and body scanning. And I didn't learn the open-eyed samatha type of meditation. You know, I, I did go to Zen retreats growing up as well. Um, I was lucky enough to be sent by my parents against my own will. <laughs> but uh, I learned open-eye meditations. And I think that's what I was more practicing most recently in the last eight months. And just on my own, and uh, or I would listen to a guided meditation by Michael Taft. He's a great, great uploads every week. He's amazing. They're free. I definitely want to pay homage to him one day because I was listening actually to his meditation when I had my awakening. So um, that was very powerful. Um, and I believe there was one more that was caught in the middle of all that. I don't remember exactly what the question was. <laughs> Ah, I can't remember. I guess we going back to the beginning there with if, if there's any other insights on self, not self, uh, things like that. Yeah, no, you pretty much answered everything I threw out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I want to share something with you, a reflection sure. that uh, as you're describing the process of your, your understanding, I see your understanding is like very embodied. Like you've done a lot of the work to realize what you're saying. And I see like this fine. I see a, I see a knot. And what, when you brought up something, I don't know exactly particularly what it, what it is at this moment because so much has passed between the time that you said it. 
But I feel like once you resolve that, like I feel like you're going to be very close if not there as well, or if you're not already there, I don't know. But like there was a, I felt like a minor, very mm. subtle, uh, almost point of contention or like conflict that in the something that you said about the self-identity and like the experience of that, how that creates suffering. Like I feel like you're, like once that thing, whatever that is, is resolved, I feel like you'll self may dissipate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, whatever that is to begin with, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. the I appreciate the the compliment there, and just uh, a reflection, and yeah, just I, I felt that from you. Yeah, I, like I've had a daily practice since 2012, you know, so it's a it's a big part of uh, my routine in life and training and, you know, just the way I go about things too. And yeah, the embodiment is a lot easier in formal meditation doing mindfulness of body, right? It's still, I, there's, a, there's a long ways to go with, um, I guess, carrying that down the street day to day. But yeah, the, I would say there's, there's probably some realizations, especially when I look back at the beginning of my practice and even before it, of course, yeah. That it's it's not all just hot air or parroting stuff from books. Although I can do that too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two things. Like one thing when you say that is like I noticed that, um, and within myself too, which is like sometimes we can be a lot closer than we think. But then there's the conditioning that like as soon as you grasp onto that, then it's like it can become like the identity too. Like oh, I'm there or I'm almost there. And so like that could be like something that we have to dance around or or whatever. Um, and then also in that belief is like, it may take like, you know, it's going to take this long or it's going to take this long from now or whatever that is. And that could be a limitation. And then also that, um, I mean, like to distill all that down, like I'm going to do it for however long it takes, but if I'm close, then cool, but it doesn't matter. Cause even now, like I still have to do things. I still have to meditate. And now it's like, I'm doing tantric more. I have access to that now because I have this space that I can create for beings to come in like on a whole different level so like that's that's the, that's the new practice it's not like it's i'm done after that you know so it's like we're gonna be i mean i'm gonna be doing this forever i've done probably done this for forever and that's just yeah. it so it's, it's that, yeah. that's the one thing i, I thought uh, came to me too is when you were talking about how young your experiences were then i was like well i mean i don't know if you've got to past life memories yet but it, to me, it, it strikes me as you've already done this in, in past lives quite a bit, but I have no idea, you know, yeah. it's not based on anything whatsoever. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, who is, who's, who's this, who's trying to get rid of the self or, you know, um, realize the, the not self nature, you know, it's this classic question too of like, well, if there's not a self who gets reborn, reborn, that's a classic Buddhist question, right? I'm not necessarily throwing that question to question, you, but you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're welcome to run with it if you want. But yeah, we can definitely yeah. like, so, uh, I had this, the day before my awakening I had a sitting with the source, right? So the source is in my vocabulary, it's everything and anything that could be, and it's existed before beginning this time. So the reason why, it exists is because you know it's just an idea but the idea is that when everything is when something is everything it's also nothing because if you point at everything you're also pointing at nothing at the same time right like there's no difference between everything and nothing it's like let's talk about everything okay well we're also talking about nothing like there's no thing that you can point at and so 
there is the emanation of all experience of all vibrational frequency that's happening. And I sat with that and I saw when I sat with source, it was reflecting back at me, this image of, yeah, this is a dude, this is a man. And in that, what I'm starting to see now is crazy as I've gone through this process of awakening, but everything's a fractal. Like I see, like people say that, but I see it very clearly. And I saw looking back from source that I am a fractal of the greater collective behind me. And when I say greater collective, you know, people say this thing or whatever. I simplify as just this is the the meme of our timeline. Like all the memes of our timeline, that's the collective. And it could be internet memes, it could be cultural memes, it could be just, you know, just things that we recognize. And we're like, ah, that's a that's a thing. That's a expression. You know, in English we don't have many of those. In French, they have tons of those. And you know, there's certain languages like, ah, that thing. And uh, as I sat with source, I saw that and then I saw um, also that the since everything is emanating from source, it's like I just saw like this vision of like vibrations solidifying. And when you when I think of that, the representation of that is a crystal, a crystal, it resonates at a certain frequency. And uh, when you have something that's resonating at a certain frequency and then you have something going through it, like it will tune to that frequency, but there's also other frequencies that are coming off of that. So you have this interaction of energy and these interactions of energy create other energies. And so I think like it's just like this downward process of things being created from other things. And I think that's what we are is we're this thing that's being created from this other thing, which is source. And like through this limited filter of this body of this mm, defined self, because I can't be everything because then I'll just be source. Right. So through that is through the limited means of my existence is this creative expression of who I am and what I can be. And I think that is a very unique and special thing. Grass is not blue. Grass is green. Uh, so like we all have our nature. Everything has its nature and it's just meant to be expressed. And uh, I think all these things that get in the way of that is the self and all those other ideas is like it's n us not being able to naturally express what our we're here for what our gifts are who we are what we are and i think the thing that awakens is that that is born which is like i'm in this meat suit and i get to own this meat suit you know i'm not seven feet tall I'm not three feet tall like i am me as i walk in this meat suit i have my biometrical or like my the way that i, I do things my energy and you know all these things and it's going to attract the people and that's going to attract the the things that we do as people that in my life and the you know, the, the joy that we experience, all those things are just kind of a symbolic or signature represent, like it's an energy signature. And then that energy signature is matched with other energy signatures that are alike. And then it creates whatever it's going to create. Just like how in the beginning I said, all the energies interact and it's in that same way. It's just it's very fractal. And then what awakens is in a very Buddhist context, I think like Buddha nature and and so like, you know, there's different schools of Buddhism or whatever, but like Vajrayana is a school that talks about Buddha nature. And like, there's not just the Shakyamuni Buddha, the Buddha of this time, but there's infinite Buddhas. And actually we're all already Buddha and we just don't realize it. And, the, and then it's like, oh, what does that even mean? It's, it means that like inside of us is this Buddha nature, this quality. Basically, I've been talking about qualities and nature, right? And it's like, it's already there, but it's just covered by all this stuff. And it's like, even right now, I don't can't say that I'm a Buddha, but as I sit and I do these practices, these tantra practices, like maybe I sit with Buddha and I take in his nature and we turn that into something that becomes a part of my nature, right? And the more I do that, the more I become the Tim Buddha or whatever, right? So 
um, what awakens is is that 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 true nature. That true nature is always wanting to be revealed because I kind of look. There's another great analogy. I'm firing all these analogies at you right now. Uh, what does it mean to be a self? It's almost like you have this experience of like there's a bubble around you or like a condom around you. And like naturally, if you have a condom around you or a bubble around you, you want the full and raw experience. Like whether that's an ineffable thing, like so subconscious that you don't even realize it or not, like you want pure joy. You want pure sadness. You want the pure experience of the thing itself. And a lot of times like you have an experience and like, oh, this reminds me of this other time. Or like, oh man, I can't wait for like the next thing or, you know, all these other things that are happening. Like you can't experience the pure thing, but like, the pursuit of happiness is basically the pure thing. Like it's not happiness. It's not like the car. It's not the job. It's not the wife. It's not, you know, all those things. It's just the pure experience. That is the pursuit of happiness. And so like that is innate within us. Like we want that. We're born with that. And then we lose that. And then that's the rest of the journey is how do you get back there? So I think that's what's awakening is the pure experience. I like that the analogy is great, you know, and I think so we're even talking about different layers here, like a, a really strong ego layer. And then once that gets thinned out, then there's just maybe more of an existential experience of what this self still is after we've kind of discarded all we can. And yeah, it's such a fascinating topic, you know, and because we can't just, you know, get, you know, get arrested or something and say, okay, Josh, um, are you, there's no Josh. What are you talking about? There is no Josh. There's, there's no, you know, that's not going to fly. Right. We still have to remember like our social security number or whatever, and you yeah. know, put on our pants and when we need to, you know, these things like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, cool. It's such a funny idea. There's no Josh. John Major, there's no Josh. <laughs> I don't think that would go over too well, but uh, <laughs> probably uh, not. <laughs> well, it's been cool and a, a fun conversation here, and, and, and very helpful metaphors and imagery here to understand a lot of this stuff. And it's 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 a great time. So, Tim, let me know about and the audience know about where they can find you online if you have any events coming up. Um, how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in coaching, you know, if they want to take a martial arts class, maybe, or anything, courses, whatever you want to draw people's attention to, uh, be it on, uh, online and in real life. And then what would you like to leave us with the audience here with? Okay. So first thing is, if any of those things call to whoever's listening, uh, whether that's you want to ask me questions or you want to coach with me or you want to learn some martial arts from me, whatever those things are, you can uh, direct message me on Instagram. That's the easiest way. If you don't have an Instagram, um, I will also drop my email. So my my name is Tim and then my middle name is D-I-N as in November, H. And then my last name is B is in Bravo, U-I. So that's my full name. And the reason I give that is because that's my name on Instagram. There's no spaces or anything. It's just Tim Dinbui. And then my email address is hello at timdinbui.com. So do that, you know, rewind, do whatever you need to do to get that. If you want to reach out to me and contact, I'm very open about my whole life, about anything and everything. I love just sharing like whatever I can. And, um, and if it makes sense that we work together or whatever, like I'm more than happy to to share whatever that process is like for that person or would be like. And then as far as what I would, oh yeah. And then what, you know, whatever I have coming up. Um, I'm really, this month, I'm really focused on creating content. I have been really getting into astrology lately and we're in a Capricorn new moon and Capricorn for me is 
is in the uh, fifth house, which is like this house of communication expression. So um, I'm just really going to be working on um, sharing my experiences as of late. Um, I, I do plan on probably potentially doing like putting together a workshop. So, you know, if anybody's interested in, in any of those things, like follow me or contact me and I can put you on a list or, you know, keep in contact about that. Um, and then I also have like a blog where I share like a lot of deep topics and you can find that on my Instagram. It's a public Instagram, so you don't need an Instagram account to look at my Instagram or to look at the the link, which is like the, the, the houses, all the other links. And so in that, it's going to be my YouTube channel, which I provide a 12 week free breathwork program. Um, that's really amazing. And um, what basically what it does is it allows you to attune to your body's natural biorhythm or heart rate variability. And, um, you know, when we do mantras or any types of practices like this, that's basically what we're doing is we're breathing at a certain frequency at a certain pace. And we're kind of interjecting our nervous system with those mantras, the energy, the vibration of those mantras. And so this is a very secular way of doing it. Um, you just turn on a timer and you breathe according to the timer for 20 minutes. And I just go over different things that you can do. So that's all free. Um, and then, you know, in my, my content, there's a lot of things that I share about, um, realizations that I've had and things like that. So if people are interested in those types of things, it's available on my blog or just on my Instagram. Um, and then to leave the audience with something, I think, I think, I think it's something that came up in our conversation is like, we're closer than we think to what it is that we want. And I think oftentimes at the outset of a goal, if we feel like it's far, it's going to be a long road, uh, whether it is going to be or not. I think preparing for a long road is great, and but if we spend too much time preparing, we may miss the window of opportunity for experiencing what that is. And I think about like a, a backpacking trip, or you know, the conditions are only good for so long. And it's going to be rainy or whatever, so you can only spend so much time preparing for a super long trip or a sailing trip across the world or whatever you know, whatever that is. And so, I think understanding that like the barrier around us or separating us from our goals is probably a lot thinner than we think. And it doesn't mean that, you know, tomorrow it's going to happen and we have that expectation or anything, but just be open to experiencing what that might be on the other side of that, because it's probably like right under your nose. Because I think there's a, there's a, there's a difference between like non-doing and doing. And in the non-doing space, it's like you're already doing like what's natural for you. You don't have to try to do anything you know how to try to break through you're already doing it so just allow that to just do its thing and you'll already be there it's just inevitable because you already want to do it it's not like you know you have to do it you're forcing yourself to do it and you wake up every morning you, you're like, your legs hurt and you're just like it's just this miserable experience you know just enjoy it and, and because you're you already have this drive naturally within you to do it and don't do things that you don't want to do and then they'll get you out of that so that's the message well badass advice tim and Thank thanks again for joining and may all beings everywhere realize awakening and be free.